Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros. Welcome back to another edition of Leaving Ring Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas. I'm all on myself tonight. Well, today, in the morning. It's not tonight. It's uh, today in the morning. Um, I told you guys I was going to try to do my best is to uh, come on early in the morning on Fridays and give you updates and, and whatnot here on Leaving the Ring. Uh, hey, we are going to be on live, though, tomorrow in the morning as well with my co-host, Kenny and Emil Carr here on Leaving the Ring to talk some boxing. Um, so what I wanted to do today was kind of measure the fighters, okay? Obviously, I mean, if you haven't been following some of the things I'm going to mention, um, you're going to already know. Uh, so I just wanted to do some things and some, some kind of update some of my thoughts about, about this fight, which I'm really excited about. I got my brown bomber, uh, bomber shirt on. Uh, not the bomb squad. Uh, if you guys know me, I don't start celebrating fighters until after they retire and they're no longer uh, stepping back into the ring. I like to show my favoritism then. Uh, but at the moment while they're fighting, I don't like to do that. I, I think it's, uh, it's, it clouds your, your, your thoughts and your vision of what you think they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing. And you become very biased and you start becoming very defensive about a fighter. So I always think like, hey, you got to wait till they, you know, finish rolling out their career and then jump out. And now they're, you know, ringside and watching their observers like us. Then we can sit there and, um, you know, really talk about what they've done. Are they Hall of Famers? Are they great fighters? Um, show your real, and, um, you know, your real love for them, right, uh, of how much you admire them. Uh, so I always sit back and I like to wait. But as always, I like to point out when a fighter's doing good and when a fighter's doing bad, right? So let's just go with really quick uh, between the two fighters, uh, Tyson Fury and uh, – uh, Deontay Wilder, who are going to be fighting this Saturday on the on February 22nd um, in Las Vegas. And uh, we'll state the obvious. They're both very big, tall men, okay? Uh, Wilder's 6'7", and Tyson Fury 6'9". They both, uh, I'll give you the records. Wilder's record is 42. He's undefeated only with one draw, which is the man he's going to be facing and trying to redeem that on Saturday, uh, Tyson Fury. And he's got... 41 knockouts. It's pretty good. You know, I mean, there's a reason why people are so fascinated with his power because his, um, you know, he's pretty much has put everybody on their back and put them out. Uh, he's got what two KOs of the year, uh, in 2019. Now Tyson Fury's re- record is 29 and O with one draw with Wilder. Right. And he's got 20 KOs. Now, a lot of folks are going to say he's not a puncher, but 29, wins with 20 KOs, you got to admit that he's got some type of power there. You know, it's not the most like overwhelming power that, that you could sit back and go like, Oh wow. You know, he's a big, I mean, he doesn't have KO reels the way uh, Wilder has done. He, he hasn't had, he doesn't, you know, produce that, but he's got power enough to keep you humble. He's got power enough to, to make you think twice before charging him. Okay, so that's that's something that I think a lot of people got to stay and, and, and just realize and 
and um and recognize because <clears throat> he is a big guy, six nine. He's got to hold some type of power uh, when you're coming coming down the stretch to face him, right? Uh, in 2018, when they faced each other, uh, you know, in 2018, their first match, uh, Tyson Fury, um, really, the the surrounding story right now is how much he had to lose weight. He he came in uh, weighing in at 254, okay, and um, he, you know, stated that 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 was the main focus. Didn't really focus on anything else because you got to admit he's kind of a a, a natural at what he does. You know, he's really. Uh, one of the few heavyweights, especially his size, I, I don't think anybody of his size um, can move and 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 have and can box so fluent the way he does. Okay, uh, the head movement, the 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 shoulder roll, the um, you know back uh, backing off and, and and being able to pivot out of uh, uh, you know away from punches being thrown at him, um, it's pretty phenomenal in what in what he does. So two hundred and fifty four is what he came in in 2018. Uh, Tyson, uh, um, Deontay Wilder came in at 217, which I expect him to do the same thing. I, I don't really see him. I hope he doesn't. I mean, if he comes in the heaviest, I would like to see him maybe it's two, 220, you know? Um, I, I think that his size and his weight is always work. He's got, he's very athletic. He's got really thin legs. So I don't see him packing on any muscle, uh, a whole lot on, on his legs and stuff. Um, Tyson Fury's talking about, putting more muscle, you know, and um, on our last show on Monday, uh, Hamed, who calls in as a regular caller, had mentioned uh, if he comes in at, you know, 254, 260, which the weighing is today, we'll find out more or less what's what's going on with the weight, but that's the, that's the expectations of him. And anything above that, you know, um, it's going to put a little worry uh, because it's going to slow him down. He's, you know, he's a very mobile fighter. He depends on his legs of getting away from danger and, and you know, uh, setting you up for his counter shots because he's a counter puncher. Uh, well, as well as Dante Wilder, he showed with the Ortiz fight, uh, when he fought Luis Ortiz in their rematch, that he also is a counter puncher. You know, when he can be aggressive, he's very successful. But when he knows he's got somebody that can box and make him pay when he misses, um, he tends to revert to being the 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 counterpuncher in the match. So um, those are two things. I, I mean, what I mentioned about Tyson Fury about his power, and what I mentioned about Wilder are two things you got to take account because because you know you can't say that that Wilder is a complete uh, just throw a punch and hopefully it lands type of fighter. Um, he does do that when he. When he sees this fighter, when he sees the fighter get hurt, he does tend to attack like a shark, man, like a rabbit dog. I mean, he just goes at you. He loses his balance. He starts throwing. I mean, he starts windmilling all over the place. We've seen him do that, fall into the ropes. But but at the same time, when he's calm and he's collective, he he can set up shots and he's pretty good at zeroing in on his target. So those are two major things that we gotta really look at. Now, the famous twelfth round. What happened, and how did Wilder set that up, right? How did he set that punch up to land on Tyson Fury, who looked like he was on his way to a victory to a unanimous decision, maybe, right? Um, or a decision overall, because in the eyes of every fight fan that witnessed that fight, the majority 
felt that Tyson Fury won that fight. You know, I'm itching because it's allergy season, so I'm itching all over. So excuse me if I'm scratching myself. Um, I got to take those pills, man, right now, and I haven't done it. You know, I'm going to do it before I go to work. But so anyways, um, so how did it happen? How did he land that big shot? Well, it wasn't really Dante Wilder that set the punch up. If you look at what Tyson Fury was doing in that fight, which was he was really comfortable. He was slipping punches. He was uh, moving. He, 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 the ring generalship really was on his side. You can't, there's no way of arguing that he didn't have control of the momentum of this fight, of the first fight back in 2018. Okay. But what he did was, what he did wrong was he got really confident and he started bending at that waist, you know, hoping that the punch was just going to go right over his head because that's what was happening a lot of times because sometimes, you know, Wilder tends to fall in love with his punch and he becomes a headhunter and he starts throwing these big old shots, right? And, and, and you could see him from a distance. So it gives you time to catch him, you know, uh, at a glance and then slip under him. And that's what Tyson Fury would do. But the cardinal rule that he did wrong, which you're not supposed to do ever, ever in a match sparring or in a real fight is take your eyes off your opponent. And he did that. He, he would bend at the waist and then pop up, and then see what Wilder was doing. Well, Wilder waited for that moment, okay? He waited for the moment that Fury was going to create for him. There's a difference of, you know, uh, uh, Wilder setting it up, and there's, a, and there's another difference of waiting for the guy to make that mistake, that cardinal mistake that he's been doing all night, and you finally realize it, and you're going to capitalize on it. And that's, what, that's exactly what Wilder did. He waited, and he threw under, and he caught Fury, and it hurt him, and then we had him get dropped. And, and you know, when he was coming up, Wilder was there to, uh, uh, you know, counter. You know, uh, uh, I'm not counter. He really, I mean, he really didn't counter. I mean, he caught him, stumbled him. Fury popped his head back up to see what was going on. You know, he's like a rabbit out of, coming out of a hole. And, and there was Elmer Fudge. He let the shotgun go. And boom, and Fury went down. And was he, I mean, I was at the movie theaters when I saw it. And everybody there had a huge, you know, gasp, like, Ugh. and even I had said out, I was like, damn, he's dead. This dude's gone. It's, it's over. I even stood up. I stood up actually ready to walk out because I was like, it's over. He's not getting back up. This is a done deal. But then he rose and he stopped everybody. I mean, there was, I got up, and meaning when I got up, I remember, like, I'm looking over because two guys that listen to Leaving Ring showed up to, to watch the fight with me, and um, they started to get up, too. But then when, when – it's like the end of the movie, you know what I mean, when the credits come out, you know, like a Marvel comic movie, and the credits start coming out, and everybody's starting to get up, and all of a sudden, a scene pops back up, you know, and it's like, whoa, whoa, and everybody's like, they stop right at the stairs or at their seat, and they don't sit back down, but they're just staring at the, at, at the screen to see what, what, what's going to happen and that's exactly how that's the only way I could really describe it is 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 what happened when he got back up when he rose back up and and you know and uh Reese counted him back into the fight and he goes right after Wilder uh that was a great moment I think for every fight fan for every fan especially people that that have that have rode off uh heavyweight boxing that was a great great moment which leads us to today Right. 
the weigh-in, I think I, I haven't been excited uh, this much for a weigh-in. You know, um, I'm hoping for a, another great drama of heavyweight fight this Saturday because the letdown was with, uh, you know, Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz. You know, we were all pumped up. We were all ready to watch this fight, and Andy Ruiz showed up, and, well, he didn't show up, right? He didn't even train. And uh, so with, with these two guys, professionals, we know what we're going to get. We know that we're going to get two guys uh, that want to leave it in the ring, you know, and especially because Wilder knows that he got that draw and he felt like, look, I, I won that fight. I had the, the knockdowns. Um, I was bringing it to him. I, I deserve to have gotten that fight. And, and he immediately wanted that rematch. You know, I don't know if you guys watched that press conference, man. A lot of stuff that, that Wilder was saying, he, he said a lot of truth to Tyson Fury, you know, and, and Tyson Fury was really kind of quiet when, when that was happening. You know, when, when, when Wilder decided to go in on him about who brought who back, you know, who brought who from the grave back into the sport of boxing? Who made you a star again? Who, who made you, who made the world recognize that you still exist, right? And, and when Wilder started spewing all the stuff he was saying to Tyson, Tyson sat very comfortable but at the same time he was listening and he was hanging on those words and then he stood up and that told me who won the mental warfare between the two who 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 won that first mental round and it looked like wilder did i don't know what you guys think but it really looked like wilder got underneath the skin and in the head of tyson fury by telling them like you know calling him a cokehead i mean Man, you want to talk about below the belt. I mean, he went at it. You know, he, he was like not holding back at all, you know, uh, attacking Tyson Fury in that press conference. So I sat there and I watched the body language of Fury. And then when I seen him stood up, I was like, oh, okay. All right. It, it, it got to him. It got to him because it's personal. It got, it got personal. It went, from, it went from you got me on a draw. You're back here again. You made me wait a full year before we could do this rematch, I'm not going to let that go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take some major, major jabs at your soul and see what's in there. See if you really are immune to words. And Tyson Fury got up. Got up. You could say because he doesn't know how to you know, you know, contain himself and, and he's erratic and all that, but I seen it in his eyes. When he was really quiet, well, I can't see his eyes because he had the shades on, but, you know, that, that his composure, man, his body language said everything when Wilder was there because he really didn't have a response because everything was basically true what he was telling them. Not like, whoo, boy, calling him a coke and, you know, you're, 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 you know, telling him that he was thinking about committing suicide. He basically was telling him that he was weak. That's, that's what I got. You know, if I'm going to take a jab at somebody's personal life, and I know particular things about somebody's personal life, and I know a lot of us have done this, which is, you know, you know, it's a shitty moment for ourselves when we have to pull, you know, some really bad stuff out of a person that we don't dislike when just, you know, we should just say we don't like you, but we really want to cut deep into the skin, just deep, deep, deep into them. You pull those darkest moments of that person's life, you know? And that's what Wilder was doing. He was pulling the darkest moments of Fury's life and throwing it and putting it right there. It's one thing when you when you say it, when you're willing to 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 relay whatever's going on in your life, 
to another individual or to the world. It's one thing when you're doing it because you have control. You control that, that environment. You're controlling what's being said. You have the all complete control. But then when you get somebody sitting across that pulls the mirror right in your face and says, this is what you are. And this is what I did for you. Man, that cuts deep. I'm telling you, that cuts deep. And uh, so I'm, I'm still interested in what's, what's going to happen. Like I said, I give one point right now to Wilder and what he did at that press conference. But that, none of that really matters until they step into the ring. You know, Tyson Fury is talking about he's going to knock him out. Um, you know, that he wasn't, he was more concentrating in the first match of losing the weight. He feels comfortable now. You know, he could sit on his punches better. He's changed camps. Um, everything's been said. Everything's been said on his side. Psychic, psychically, he's been amping himself up to get ready. And like I said, you, you can't count out his power. He's got 20 KOs underneath the 29 wins that he has under his belt. You, you can't count that out. There's no way of counting that out. You can't say, you know, you can say he's got pillows and all that, but, but in reality, he's a heavyweight. If he really, truly, at 6'9", wants to sit down at 254, we don't know that. That's what he was in 2018. But sits down in anything below, uh, above 250, he's going to be carrying some pack in his punches. So I don't, I'm not one of those, those they're going to say that he can't do it. But is, is, it, is it something smart? Is it something that he should try and do? I, I don't know, man. If you guys want to call in, you certainly can. I'd love to chop it up. Uh, you know, you guys can add to what I'm, I'm bringing up right now here on Leaving the Ring. It's uh, 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 347-215-7598. Man, I almost forgot my own, uh, my own number here to call into the show here. And like I said, we're going to be on tomorrow as well in the morning. I don't know the exact time yet because I got to find out to, from Amilcar and Kenny and what time they want to do the show. But I'm thinking we're going to be doing like around 9 a.m., which would be noon uh, Eastern time. Uh, so 9 a.m. Pacific time here on, on Leaving the Ring. Um, Really quick, the undercard, it's not that great. You got Charles Martin, um, Geraldo Washington. Uh, Charles Martin's got 27, uh, you got what, 27 wins, two losses, one draw, 24 knockouts. He, he, Charles Martin has had some really good, fun uh, fights. You know, um, he does prove that he digs in deep. Um, but, I mean, if you last remember, he was the shortest, what, title holder maybe? Well, next to Andy Ruiz now, right? Um, but – he lost. I mean, he he had the title and he lost it to AJ, but then he came back and he's been in some pretty good uh, pretty good fights. You know, Washington is a is a good kid. He's from the Bay Area, um, into Fresno State, I believe. Uh, he's a football player, ex football player turned boxer. Um, he's really been trying to hone down on his boxing skills, which makes him less exciting because if it's up to him, he's going to try to make this match with Charles Martin a chess match and. Fight fans don't want to see that. We want to see what heavyweights are supposed to do, which is, you know, seek and destroy. Emmanuel Navarrete is going to be on the card. Um, always liked Emmanuel. He's got 30, 30 wins, uh, one loss, 26 KOs. So his is more of a, at Super Bantamway, it's more of a, you know, uh, stay busy type of fight. Sebastian Fondora, which is a freak of nature at Super Welterweight, 154. He's got 13 wins. Uh, one draw, nine KOs, meaning Daniel Lewis is also another de- undefeated fighter. Six wins and four KOs. Uh, Sebastian is like 6'7 or 6'8, so, man, 154. I don't know how he's doing it, but holy shit, right? Um, he's got long arms. He still has a lot to, to work on, you know, but he is fun to watch. I, I give him that. He's fun to watch. I don't, we don't know too much about him, 
I don't know where we could put him at. I don't know if we could say really – only thing you could really mention is his height. And that really is what has caught people's eye at the moment is his height because being so tall at 154, you, it's a, kind of a freak of nature type of deal in a lot of ways. So, you know, I apologize. If you guys are commenting on the comment box, I don't see it. Um, it, didn't, it didn't let me bring it up, so I apologize. I want to say hi to everybody that's tuning in and, and watching the show. Um, Again, we'll be on tomorrow. Those other news and notes that, that I want to mention, talk about tomorrow on the show while we're breaking down again and getting everybody's last picks here on Leaving the Ring on tomorrow's morning show um, is, for one, Bob Ehrman, if you guys saw this, he, he's talking about selling the uh, top-ranked uh, banner. He's, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's filling out the market, trying to see if he can maybe uh, throw a hook out there and bait him in. I don't know. Uh, Gennady Golovkin is out again. He's on he's on he's on injury leave. Uh, that was just reported by Steve Kim uh, from ESPN, who also was leaving the ring for quite some time on the next round. And um, so we're gonna definitely bring that up. Caleb uh, Smith, who uh, is going back and forth with uh, another bout holder, David Benavides, who uh, I think a lot of us are up and high on with because uh, the guy shows power. Uh, great combinations, uh, hand speed, just big at that weight division. Callum Smith was in the news because he's turned down supposedly an offer that Canelo and De La Hoya has thrown out there to him and uh, said that he wouldn't be ready in three months' time. But he's given his explanation about why he wouldn't be ready and, and what he really wants to do, which is unify the division at 168. So those are things that we will bring up and mention, talk about here on Leaving Ring. Like I said, I wanted to measure the fighters uh, Don, Deontay Wilder and um, Tyson Fury, and I think I did that here on the show. I appreciate everybody that came on and talked to me, or that didn't talk to me today because it was a, like a last-minute thing. But again, I always love uh, talking boxing. Going to be doing more streams here on YouTube, so uh, just keep a lookout. Please uh, make sure to subscribe and um, give me some feedback, man, or let me know you guys want to come on the show. Ladies and gentlemen. Vamos a caballeros.